Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Are you ready for the Word of God today? All right. Well, uh, like I said, we started the new year uh, and the word of the Lord was foundations. And we're really building, the goal is to build an unshakable faith and building an unshakable faith that despite all the shaking that's going on in the world, and there's a lot of shaking, there's a lot of craziness in the world. And I don't know necessarily it's going to get any less crazy in 2023, but I can tell you one thing, if your life is founded on the word of God, if your life is founded on Jesus Christ, you will have a faith that's absolutely unshakable, no matter what comes your way. And that's our goal. And we had three key objectives as we launched into this year in laying a foundation. And the first objective was that you would build a thriving prayer life, that every single person in authentic church would have a thriving prayer life. So part of that, we passed out these daily prayer cards. And if you don't have one, you can get them at the connect table that are out there over by the coffee station after service. But it's basically an outline of the Lord's prayer with key prayer points chock full of tons of scriptures all throughout promises of God, things that you can stand on. And uh, then you can write your prayer needs. And then on the back of it, then there's a list of people that you are believing to come to know Jesus. People that you are saying, you know what, Lord, I am putting a stake in the ground for this person. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to lean into you. I'm gonna, I, I might be the only person praying for this person. I might be the only person praying for my neighbor. I might be the only person praying for that barista that gives me that coffee every single money, Monday. I might be the only person that's praying for that person on the job. But Lord, I'm saying I'm going to stand in the gap and I'm believing that you're going to move in their lives. And so the, the, the first area of thriving prayer life, the second area that we're leaning into is that every single person would have a strong foundation of under, uh, understanding sound doctrine and theology. I am uh, absolutely baffled when I hear some things, and I'm very concerned when I hear some things in the body of Christ from well-meaning Christians that are absolutely not scriptural. And you're seeing a shaking of the foundations, and people really don't know what they believe. Like if I were to say to you, uh, have you been water baptized? And you say yes or no, I'd say, why are you water baptized? Could you explain to me what happens in water baptism? Uh, when I, when I would, if I asked you, why do you pray? Uh, could you explain to me why you pray? What, what, what is it? What is the foundation of your prayer life? Uh, why you fast? We're, we're in 21 days of fasting, right? Why are you fasting? I mean, the Muslims fast. Why, why do you Christians fast? The Buddhists fast. Why are you fasting? Uh, the, the yoga instructor fasts. What, like what's different about all those fasts with your fast? The difference with our fast is that we are fasting and abstaining things from the world for spiritual benefit, and we don't worship a God who's dead. We worship a God who's alive. And he promises in James 4, 8, when you draw near to God, he does what? He draws near to you. And so we're drawing near unto God. And then the third area is that every single person would be activated in ministry. There is a consumerism that is rampant in America, Western civilization. We are awesome consumers. And it was said recently, one of the statistics that came out, if you wondered what a life is worth, what the average life is worth, you, um, all the marketing agencies out there, they know that you're worth about $10 million in ads, ad revenue. You're going to consume about $10 million worth of stuff over the course of your life. We are awesome consumers. But we don't want to consume here at Authentic Church. We want to be activated in ministry. 
Jesus had a crowd of 20,000 people. But then he pulled away and he said some things that rocked them. He said some odd statements like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And the disciples are like, dude, we're having revival and you just blew it. We're building a mega church, Lord, and you just absolutely blew it. Jesus was very comfortable watching the crowds walk away so that the ones that were serious would be drawn near to him. Because if he was going to invest his time into people, he had a short, short time span and he was going to spend it with people who were serious about pressing into him. My prayer is that authentic church, when the Lord looks around the whole earth and goes to strengthen those whose hearts are fully turned towards him, that he sees us as a church body. We're saying, Lord, here I am, send me. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I wanna be activated into ministry. So nobody's gonna be sitting on the sidelines, sitting on the pews, sitting on the benches. I love the serve team volunteers. We had a, a huddle with everybody that serves on Sunday morning. We, we do a pre-service huddle at 8.30 and, and we had uh, some first timers that were joining with us today for the first time that they were serving in the house. And I love of that going all in. Like it's not, it's not all about me coming and receiving on a Sunday. It's really about a spiritual community that I get to join and get to be a part of, you know, like if you're a guest at my home, uh, growing up, my mom would welcome everybody, man. Like our house, the Peterson house, it was like, you know, open, open door of, you know, whatever you want in our pantry, whatever you want in our fridge, come on in, eat it up. And so my mom and dad, especially in our teenage years, they started investing in cup of noodles because it was cheap, right? Cup of noodles and chicken nuggets, right? You know, I got to feed all these kids and all these friends that are coming over, right? And so, so you, you would come and, and, and my mom would serve you and you could get whatever you wanted. But there came a time if you were showing up at my house a lot, like I had this one buddy, Joe, Joey Yazzolino. If that's not an Italian name, I don't know what is. Joey Yazzolino. Joey would show up and after a time, my mom said, Joey, you got to put your dishes away. Put them in the dishwasher, Joey. Oh yeah, sorry, Mrs. Peterson. Joey, if you want something, you can fix it yourself. I'm not cooking tonight. Okay, no problem, Mrs. Peterson, right? There's an aspect where you're probably, you suddenly become part of the family. You're no longer a guest, like you're part of the family. So if you're going to be part of the family, man, we want to see you activated in ministry. Amen. All right, well, we're going to dive into the Word of God today. Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul gives this reminder to Timothy, and it speaks to us today. You know, God's Word is not only timeless, it's very timely. It applies to your life, your situations today. And this Word speaks to us today, challenges us, encourages us today. It says, all Scripture, everybody say all. All Scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, in training, four areas, right? Why? In righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you know that God has a work for you? God has something that only you can do. I can't do it. My wife couldn't do it. My kids wouldn't be able to do it. Only you can do. God has something only you can do that Billy Graham couldn't do. Oral Roberts couldn't do. T.L. Osborne couldn't do. God has something only that you can do. And he placed you in this time and space of 2023 for a purpose. Like you are created for a purpose. And if you could eavesdrop on a conversation that the prophet Jeremiah had back in the day with God, the Lord says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. One of the reasons that so many people are feeling anxiety and depression and feel wandering and they're full of worry is because they lack purpose. You could have all the challenges of the world, but if you have purpose in your life, your spirits man's going to be strong. No matter how bad it is, you're going to be smiling. I'll never forget my wife and I, we went on a missions trip to Africa 
Now, this is probably about 15 years ago now. Went on a missions trip to Africa and Uganda, and we were helping out there, and we were helping in this orphanage. And, uh, and, and they put us up in, in this, there was a, there was a main house and then there was kind of another house with a bunch of bedrooms that they put all the married people in. And I don't know what happened. My wife and I drew the short straw. So we're sleeping on the ground in this house in the living room. Cause all the other married people like rushed to the bedrooms <laughs> and we wanted to serve the pastors and make sure all the pastors had their own rooms. So we're sleeping on the, on the floor and with the cockroaches, ginormous cockroaches, like keep you up at night cockroaches. Right. And so we're there. And, and you're looking at what they have. They eat the same food every day and it's not much. It'd be like, you know, like, you know, just some, you know, granola and oats and stuff in the morning, a little bit of fruit. And every morning you would wake up and you would wake up to the sound of all these kids worshiping Jesus in beautiful harmonies. And you were just like, man, they are so grateful and thankful. No matter what's going on in the world, man, you know, there's a reason why the Lord says, I inhabit the praises of my people, not the complaints of my people. He inhabits the praises of his people. And so today we're going to jump into God's word and we're going to talk about God inhabiting our time as we pray and fast in the purposes. Let me pray for us and we'll dive into the word of God today. God, I thank you that your word is alive, it's living, it's active. God, I thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you, Father, that there's power in your word. It's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. I thank you that your word is eternal and we're asking you, God, to come and speak. I pray, Father, for our hearts and our minds to be engaged with you. I pray all distractions go. I pray that you would speak I pray hearts would be stirred. I pray a spirit of faith in this place today. God, those that came hungering and thirsting for you, I pray that they would be filled. God, those that came today needing a word from you, I pray the, 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 the author of the word of God would speak through the word to them and give them a word for this season of their lives. God, we thank you. God, we praise your name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter four. That's going to be our key text today. Excuse me. Matthew chapter four. This is the famous passage of scripture where right after Jesus is baptized, he comes up and he's led into the wilderness. And he has a season in the wilderness where he's fasting for 40 days. And he, he's, he's out there in the wilderness. And then the tempter comes, Satan comes. And so we're going to read this account. And I believe that as we read the word of God, the word made flesh is going to dwell in this moment. He's going to speak to you. And so I, if you're taking notes today, the title of the message is fasting for miracles. All right, let's jump into the word of God. Verse one, Matthew chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. How many of you know, if you didn't eat or drink anything for 40 days, 40 nights, you'd be hungry, right? And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For isn't it written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Then Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. 
And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God in him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. The title of my message today is Fasting for Miracles. Fasting for Miracles. When you read the gospel accounts of Jesus' ministry of his life, you read that according to the scriptures, according to every gospel account, Jesus performed no miracles until after this moment. Until after he fasted, there were no miracles performed. There was nothing that we see and he, he didn't launch his ministry with preaching, although his preaching was great. He didn't launch his ministry with calling of the 12, although that was awesome. He launched his ministry after baptism. He went into the wilderness and he had time dedicated to the Lord and he prayed and he fasted. And there's this spiritual connection that we see that happens through physical sacrifice, through physical sacrifice and obedience we see a spiritual connection. Now, when we talk about fasting for miracles, let me just share with you the biblical definition of miracles. Miracles are an event that involves the direct and powerful action of God, transcending the ordinary laws of nature and defying common expectations of behavior. Let me read that again. Miracles are an event that involves the direct and powerful action of God. Anybody need a miracle? Anybody need the uh, a, a, the direct and powerful action of God in your life? Anybody ever experienced a miracle where God came directly and powerfully in your life, in your moment, in your situation, in your marriage, in your finances? That's a miracle. God transcends the ordinary laws of nature and defies common expectations of behavior. Those are miracles. So I don't know about you, but when I'm pressing into God, yes, we're drawing near, and that has been a massive aspect of our fast. And if you want to go back the last few weeks, we've laid that foundation pretty strongly in the seven objectives of fasting. We laid a little bit of the theology of fasting. Today, I'm going to take a different turn, and I'm basically going to add a purpose. I want you to attach a purpose to fasting. And again, this is not about 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're in, and, and which is awesome. What I'm talking about is laying a foundation of fasting as a spiritual dis discipline in your life all year long, all year long. You come to a roadblock, you don't know which way to go, pray and fast. You, you, you're wondering if you should buy this house or buy that house, I'd say pray and fast. You're wondering about, should I marry this person? Should I be in this relationship? As your pastor, <laughs> I would encourage you, pray and fast and come and ask us. Please let us be involved, right? <laughs> Going through a job change or a major move, pray and fast. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need, all the answers you need, they're going to come if you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Pray and fast. So we're believing for miracles. We're believing that as we come out of this time of fasting, that there's miracles, and I've already heard reports that are so beautiful of people like seeing answers to prayer. Uh, one person, before she even started the fast, before she even began it, one of the prayers that she had in her heart, so she was choosing, I'm going to launch into this time, this prayer and fasting, and the Lord already answered her prayer. 
like just right there. Other people that have been praying and asking God for opportunities to share the gospel with their neighbors and they're out on a walk and suddenly they meet somebody not so randomly at a park. They were there. People that have seen breakthroughs on their job and promotions and new opportunities. And like, it's just beautiful what happens when you pray and fast. And so just to unpack Matthew chapter four for a second. So Jesus is led by the spirit into the wilderness to fast. Okay, the fact that he was led by the Spirit to fast tells me that we could be led by the Spirit to fast. Now, if God is leading you by the Spirit, what is he doing? He's encouraging you, he's inviting you, he's drawing you in. We as believers have a choice. We can either say yes to that invitation or we can say no. God is not making, forcing anybody to fast. Like that's just not the way that God works. But he's inviting you. He's inviting you. And when you fast, you're not like twisting God's arm. Like, okay, say uncle Lord, you know, he's not a genie in a lamp that you're just, if I fast and pray this enough, if I fast for 40 days and I pray this enough, poof, I'm going to get whatever X, Y. That's not how God works. But as you fast, as you pray, as you press into him, the eyes of your heart are open. They're enlightened. You draw near to God suddenly when you, sometimes when you begin a fast, you have kind of your prayer list. And then the longer you fast, you realize some of those things on the prayer list are really not that important. And you begin to line up and it's really, you begin to partner with your heavenly father. You get to go to work with your dad. When you, when you pray and fast, you get to go to work with your dad. Papa loves bringing his kids to work. He loves joining with you in your daily activities. He loves, he loves it when you, when you invite him to your dinner table. He loves it when you invite him into your home. He loves it when you wake up and begin to talk to him. Like he loves that. And when you're fasting and praying, you draw closer to God and the, the things of the flesh start to matter less and less when you fast. And it's interesting to know. So obviously Jesus didn't perform any miracles until after he fasted. The other thing that we note is that Satan didn't show up until he fasted. Why? I mean, wouldn't you have shown up when he was 12 years old and try to get him off track and try to get him caught up in some stupid stuff as a youngin? You know, wouldn't you have showed up like that? Why did Satan show up during the fast? Because there's power in the fast. So write this down today in your notes, in your bulletin there. Yeah, there's plenty of places where you can take notes. Point number one, prayer and fasting precedes effective ministry. Prayer and fasting precedes effective ministry. So his fast is the beginning of his ministry, not his preaching, okay? Don't think that you're gonna have a successful ministry if you're not willing to pray for the people that you're going to minister to. Don't think that you're gonna have a, a fruitful and effective ministry if you're not willing to lay down some things and, and pull back from the flesh and actually pray and fast for that person to come to know Jesus. My wife was just a name on a prayer card. She was the roommate of a friend of ours, and there was a group of us that would gather together, these crazy radical Jesus freaks in our early 20s, and we were praying and fasting for people to know Jesus. And we just said, you know what? We're going to write down everybody in our family and our friends that don't know Jesus, and we're going to fast, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe that they're going to have an encounter with God. Within a month, my wife got saved. She walked in, and I said, hallelujah, Lord, you saved her hopefully for me. And she was one of, she was one of them that I was discipling, mentoring. And, uh, anyways, my best disciple. And so I decided to marry her, you know, highly recommend it, highly recommend it. So that, again, and that's why on our daily prayer card, it's not all about you. 
you know, some of the challenges that we have in our generations is the fact that we think it's all about us, right? It's all about us. No matter what generation you're at, we, we all have the selfish thing. Whether you're old or young, it's all about us. And one of the things that I teach my kids is you're awesome and I love you, but in the grand scheme of things, like the, your life, it's not all about you. It's about others. So you're going to heaven. You got your get out of jail free card. The Lord's redeemed you. He's saved you. Awesome. When you get to heaven, there's going to be a time on the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to say, what did you do with my son, Jesus? What'd you do with the life I gave you? And hopefully there's a line of people that said yes to Jesus because of your life, because it made a difference in their eternity. So if Jesus needed to fast and pray before ministering, (laughs) so should we. Uh, at Authentic Church, we consider this place a house of prayer. So we actually, we have this, uh, we have a thing called a culture card. And the culture card basically is, is if you want to know more about us or some of the beliefs, state, or there's a full statement of faith on the website. But we have a culture card that's just kind of like, what are some uniquely, at, what are you some unique characteristics of Authentic Church? What do they really stand on? Well, one of the aspects of our culture card is that we are a house of prayer. In fact, we say it this way, prayer Uh, We believe that prayer is the catalyst for everything. We are a house of prayer committed to seeking his fate, heart, and will. Through prayer, we discover nothing is beyond his reach, declaring the things on earth as they are in heaven with passionate fervency and humble devotion. We're a house of prayer. My life, I want it to be a house of prayer. My home, I want it to be a house of prayer. My hope for you is that your home would be a house of prayer. So point number one, prayer and fasting precedes effective ministry. And then write this down, point number two, prayer and fasting is built on the power of God's word. It's built on the power of God's word. It's not built on the power of your personality. You can do it. You're going to just gut it out. No, your prayer and fasting is built on the power of God's word. So Jesus is having this time with God. He's fasting for 40 days. I, when, before we planted the church, we were living in, in Texas and I was feeling frustrated. Our business was exploding. It's going great. We're serving. We're doing different things. We've been involved in ministry for 20 years. And I'm thinking, Lord, what, what is, I feel like something's missing. There's something. I just felt this spiritual agitation. Anybody felt that before <laughs> where you just feel like a little bit unsettled? Like, I know that there's some change coming, but I don't know what it is. And it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and so we went into a, a season where we fasted for 40 days. And during that time, that's when the Lord gave us the word to plant authentic church, that we would be moving out here to plant authentic church in California of all places. We were like the only people that moved from Texas to California in that time. And so Jesus is fasting for 40 days and and he's growing weak. Like his body is weak. His body's obviously changing and, and, and he's growing weak in his physical, but he's still strong spiritually. You can be weak physically. You can face some difficult challenges physically, externally. But man, when you have the word of God in your life, that's what we're talking about, building foundations. You have unshakable faith. No matter what goes on, your kids have unshakable faith in their schools. They have unshakable faith. Your life is built on the word of God. So he's fasting and Satan comes and what does he do? He doesn't try to talk to him. He doesn't have a conversation with him. He doesn't try to reason with him. He quotes the scripture. It's critical that you get into the word of God and apply the word of God during your fast. And it's interesting, of all the books Jesus could have quoted, of all the scriptures he could have quoted to Satan, he doesn't pick Proverbs, the book of wisdom. He doesn't pick Psalms. He he doesn't even pick um, messianic prophecies from the prophet Isaiah. 
which would have been good ones to stand on. He goes to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Pentateuch. It's the first, uh, in the first five books of the Bible, there's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, then Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, if you read it, it's, it's kind of got the nickname, the book of remembrance. Why? Because all throughout the book of Deuteronomy, remember this. I want you to remember that. And Moses is passing the torch to Joshua in this next generation. And he's telling them, in other words, don't forget. I want you to remember these things. These things are so important. I want you to remember these things. So of all the books Jesus quotes back, he quotes back Deuteronomy 8, 3, Deuteronomy 6, 16, and Deuteronomy 6, 13. So you might be here today and you're like, okay, great. I'm going through a fast or I'm going through a season. I'm, maybe you're in a season right now where you feel a little bit in the wilderness. You feel like I'm in the wilderness. I'm seeking God and I feel like devil's showing up and I feel like he's tempting me. He's trying to trip me up. Okay. So you're saying, how do I apply the word of God to my life? I'm just going to share this uh, with you, uh, just a really good practical application. And, and, and some of the material that I'm going to cover today actually came out of a lot of you responded. We had a, a text that went out on Friday that said, hey, what are some of your prayer needs? What, what can we be praying for you about? And a lot of the prayer needs were about financial breakthrough. So that got, that came back to me and, and I'm praying and different things. And so I wanted to use as a, as a teaching tool, how do you apply the word of God to your finances? But not just your finances. This is actually applicable to any of your life. You need healing. You do the same rhythm for what I'm going to share with you today. Um, you need restoration in your marriage. You need victory in your purity. Uh, whatever it might be, you apply this same, this same method that I'm going to give you today. This is God's word in action. This is what Jesus taught us. And this is what we apply. So let me just give you an example. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to share with you about your finances. Okay. Based on what the feedback was. So how do I apply the word of God to see victory or breakthrough? We're talking about fasting for miracles, breakthrough in these areas, our finances. And you go back to God's word. First and foremost, go back to God's word. What does his word say? So uh, Malachi 3, chapter 10 is a great scripture about finances. It talks about bringing the whole tithe to the storehouse. So we return the tithe to the Lord that there may be food in my house. And the Lord says this. He says, test me in this. And you may be sitting here scratching your head. You said, well, Jesus just quoted Deuteronomy 6, verse, I think it was 3, where he says, don't test the Lord your God. But then in Malachi, it says, test me in this. They're like, is God schizophrenic? <laughs> no, okay? So when he says, don't test the word, the Lord your God, he's basically saying like, don't, don't test the fact that he is Lord. Like he is Lord. That's what, that's, if you go back and really research that the test, the trial, the temptation Jesus is talking about there, he's like, don't test the fact that he is Lord. But God tests you and in scripture, he says, it's okay to actually test him in some different areas. Not many, by the way, <laughs> not many, but this is one of the areas he tells you to test him, test him in your finances. All right. Test me in this and see if I won't throw up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room to store it in. So what's he saying? He's saying, Hey, if you, if, if you want to be obedient, I want you to test me in this. We return the tithe to the Lord. That's the first 10%. You return it to the storehouse. What's the storehouse? The storehouse is where you get fed. Where do you get fed is the spiritual community that you're part of, whether it's authentic church or another church, maybe you're visiting from. The storehouse is where you go to church, where you are fed. And he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is right, said the Lord Almighty. 
Now, a few months ago, we were in a, a sermon series that we titled Stewardship, and it was all about stewarding the gifts and the resources that God has blessed us. And when we were going through that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in one of the sermon preps that I was doing and spending time with God. And he said, Jeff, the, the, I was asking him, I said, Lord, there's some people that are so generous, but they just don't see breakthrough. Like, how do you answer the question for they're generous, but they don't see the breakthrough? And he says, because they lack stewardship. He said, Jeff, the, the, the store, the increase that you're reading in Malachi, that storehouse, that storehouse is located at the intersection of stewardship and generosity. That when you're generous, God's going to bless that generosity. When you're a steward, he's going to multiply it. Does that make sense? So stewardship, if you're faithful with the little, he gives you what? More, right? That's a principle. That's a biblical principle. If God can't trust you with more, like a good father, then he might withhold because he doesn't want that blessing to take you out. How many know we've seen people that gained wealth too soon, too fast. A lot of them are called athletes and, you know, pop stars or whatever. And that blessing wiped them out, right? They didn't have, they didn't have the, the stewardship principle in their life, no matter how generous you are. And so stewardship and generosity go hand in hand. So you begin to read the scriptures and you say, okay, Lord, I, I read Malachi 3, 10 through 11. I know that I've been tithing. So you quote it back to the Lord. So you say, Lord, I'm, I'm tithing. And you, this is what your word says. And I'm standing on this principle. And then you go to like Deuteronomy 28. I put in here for your notes. If you fully obey the Lord, your God, and carefully follow all his commandments I give you today, the Lord God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. And all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. That's your children. The crops of your land and your young livestock, the calves of your herd, your lambs, your flocks, right? That's what you do for a living. Modern day vernacular. That's, that's what you're doing for a job, okay? He's going to bless that. Your basket, your kneading trough, where you go to work, things you use, tools, resources, blessed. You're going to be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Verse 8, Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. Everything? Everything I put my hand to, you're going to bless, Lord? Everything. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. So what you do then is so you're applying the word of God to your life. So you begin to quote that. Now you go from a posture of, Lord, I, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. I'm being obedient. I'm being the best steward that I can be. And if I'm not being a good steward, Holy Spirit, show me any area in my life where I need to be a better steward. Show me an area in my finances where I need to tighten up the budget. Show me where I've given in to self, uh, lacks, lacking self-control and done an emotional pur purchase. And forgive me of that, right? So you, you focus, and now you begin to declare the word of God over that situation. So then you declare the word of God. Lord, I thank you that my barns are blessed. In Jesus' name, I declare that my finances are blessed. In Jesus' name, I speak a blessing over the work of my hands. I speak a blessing over my investments. Yeah, I yes, I literally pray that blessing. Lord, I pray a blessing upon my investments. I pray a blessing over my children. God, I pray that my children will be prosperous in the work of their hands. God, that you would lead them, that they'd be prosperous at school today, right? You speak a blessing over them. Deuteronomy 39 through 10 sums it up. This is a good one to write out, to print out, to stand on. Then the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your ancestors. So the Lord delights in your prosperity? Yeah, because he's a good father. 
I mean, how many of you have kids and man, you're so proud of them when they walk in the ways of God? You're so proud of them if they got a new job or they got a promotion or they did well in school, like good job. They did good on the football field or this, like you're proud of them, right? Like I'm proud of you. God's proud of you. He like, he gets excited about seeing you prosper. Verse 10, if you obey the Lord, your God. Now this is a conditional blessing, right? There's some blessings that are unconditional. There's some covenant relation, covenants that God gives us that's unconditional. There's other things where God does that are conditional, meaning that there, it's, if you do this, then this will happen, right? If you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. If I've given you as many signs as I could, and it's my will that everyone would call on the name of the Lord and be, be saved. We know that's the will of God, but not everybody will. Why? Because everybody won't call on the name of the Lord. Not everybody's going to lean into that. Not everybody's going to receive that. Not everybody's going to partake the promises of God because they don't receive them. So applying the word of God to your life. So stand on those, declare the word. So prayer and fasting is built on the power of God's word. So you take a, take stock in your life. All right. Lord, am I, am I being a good steward of what you've given me? Right. I'm tithing. I'm generous, et cetera. We're talking about finances, but this applies to healing. This is like, if you're praying for healing, then you're not going out and eating fried chicken every single day and expecting your, your body to be healthy and whole. It can't process that every single day. Although I watched a documentary, <laughs> how I got lost in a documentary and it was this guy that ate Taco Bell for 30 days. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really putting yourself out there, buddy. And, uh, he ate Taco Bell for 30 days and the brother actually lost the weight. I'm like, I don't know how that happened. Anyways, Taco Bell, new and improved. Apparently they're trying to compete with Chipotle. Prayer and fasting is built on the word of God. So point number one, prayer and fasting precedes effective ministry. Point number two, prayer and fasting built is built on the word the power of God's word. And then point number three, fasting ushers in divine intervention, divine intervention. I'm going to have Kara join me up on the, the keys uh, playing softly. Something awesome and beautiful would be great. Kara, no pressure. Fasting ushers in divine intervention. So Jesus doesn't launch his public ministry until after he fasts. There were no miracles that we read about until after he fasted. The devil didn't show up until he was in the middle of his fast. Maybe you have been in your fast and you feel like, man, I thought this was going to be like some things where I lent, I was leaning into God and like fat cherub angels show up and play harps for me in my worship time. And man, I just feel like scatterbrained. I feel foggy. I feel like I, I'm in the biggest battle of my life right now. I feel like things aren't working out. And you, you, you might be there. And I, I just want to encourage you to continue to lean in, continue to press in. Joy comes in the morning. There's power and breakthrough that comes. And I don't know when it's going to come for you. That's between you and God. And if you're experiencing some difficulty pressing in, maybe even asking the Holy Spirit, just do heart work with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, is there something I'm missing? Is there something you're trying to work out in my heart? Is there expectations that I've had that, really is all about me and it's not all about you like what would it be and just have that time with the lord so fasting is this physical act that produces supernatural results and i just want to i'm going to share with you three quick stories and then we're going to end first one when uh, my wife and i we you know she gets saved we're serving in youth ministry and i was a youth pastor there at this church and there's a woman in the church she was a single mom she had these three boys and man, she was doing her best to raise them. And, and our, our church really rallied around the, the mom and God's got a special place in his heart for single moms. And so we were there with her and her, her kids. And 
Um, you know, one thing led to another and she was in over her head financially and wasn't going to be able to pay rent. She was way behind. I think she was six months behind when she finally shared with us. She's a very private person. And finally, she shared with us uh, this prayer request. And I just told her, I said, hey, um, can we come and pray over your house? She's like, I would love that. And um, by the way, if you need prayer, ask for it. You don't have to do life alone. The, 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 the biggest form of pride in somebody's life is a prayerless life. When you think about it, right? And we need the community together. So we go over there and we pray for her house and we were radical, man. We got anointing oil and we anointed that house. We declared in Jesus name, this house is set apart for God. She's raising these kids here. She's not gonna have to move. We just declare a miracle is gonna come through. God make a way. God, we pray that six months would be paid, that there would be blessing uh, from the, the the landlords. You know, we're going and we, we marched around that house seven times. And we were, I'm not kidding you. We literally marched around this woman's house seven times. We're laying hands, we're praying over it. Guess what happened? Somebody shows up in her life, she gets reached out to and somebody calls and says, hey, um, you know, my name is so-and-so, I'm an assistant to this person and we heard about your situation and uh, we would like to meet with you and see if we could assist you financially. So she went and met with them and the woman sat her down in the office, <laughs> sat her down in the office and went through her bills with her, helped her with her budget. Woman's very successful, very, very, very well off sat her down and said, okay, I'm going to help you with your budget. You don't need this. Let's, let's do this. Okay. What's, what's going on with your kids? What's, what's the school needs? Okay. Basketball. Yeah. You got to get, you know, put in this in the budget, you know, et cetera. Went through the budget with the woman, with, with our friend. And she said, you know what? Um, I'm going to go ahead and cover all six months of your previous rent that you're owing. She breaks down to be a single mom and not know where you're going to be with your kids in a few days getting kicked out of your house, getting booted. The woman says, not only that, but I, I know that you're a little bit behind, but we're going to get you on the right track. I'm going to pay the next six months for you. So she receives this. The transaction happens. Financially, they're blessed. All this stuff comes. And the woman is never seen nor heard of again. No idea where the woman is, nowhere, where she went, phone numbers, that, all that stuff. have no idea. I personally believe that according to Hebrews 1.14, I think it is, that that is an angel of the Lord. That was a ministry angel of the Lord. You know, when we talk about the fall of Satan and everything that happened, well, he only took a third of the angels. That means there's twice as many angels as they are demons, okay? And the angels show up to Jesus at the end of his fast and they begin to minister to him. Daniel in the Old Testament, there's a man named Daniel. He's regarded as a prophet of God and he was having a challenge uh, with the teachings of the Chaldeans. He was having a challenge with culture and society. It was ugly. It was hedonistic. Um, and what they would do is they would take them as captives and they would indoctrinate these children. And Daniel was brought in in his teenage years. And the book of Daniel records his life from being a teenager all the way up into his 80s. And, and Daniel is just kind of having enough of it. And so he leans in and he begins to pray and fast. And then watch what happens in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. An angel appears to him, says, since the first day you began to pray, since the first day, the first moment that you set your heart to the Lord, the first time that you set your heart to understanding, to pray and fast, I was on my way. Help was on the way. Daniel, by the way, he's the only one in the Old Testament. He's the first one that we know of that had an encounter with Gabriel and Michael. 
two of the named angels. The third named angel is Lucifer. He's out of a job. So Daniel has this encounter with him, but he wasn't setting out to just fast 21 days. He was fasting for a breakthrough. And I want to encourage you, church, as a spiritual discipline, as a spiritual practice in our church, in our homes, in our families, in our lives, let's make fasting a spiritual discipline. We're not leaning on our own understanding. We're pressing into God, believing through a breakthrough. Last story, guy named Moses. Some of you may know this. Moses chapter, uh, Exodus chapter 17. Moses is leading the children out of Israel. There's about 3 million of them and change. And they come or come out of Egypt. Excuse me. He's leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he's leading them through the desert. And in, in chapter 17, he strikes the rock. Water comes out, all that. They get fed. And then they're kind of continuing their journey. And then the Amalekites get wind, these people that lived in the land, they're like, whoa, there's three million people that are walking into our place, okay? That'd be kind of like if you owned all of Orange County and then suddenly three million people are walking from like Riverside, California, and they end up in Orange County. You're like, whoa, whoa time out. What are you doing here? Like, I, what is, why are you here? Why are you in my land? What are you doing? And this is our stuff. And so the Amalekites begin to attack them rather than asking them if they need directions, which would have been helpful. They start attacking the people of God. So Moses tells Joshua, he says, I want you to get a couple, get, get some warriors. You're going to go out and fight. And I'm going to take the staff of God. I'm going to go and sit up on a hill and I'm going to sit, I'm going to, I'm going to be up on top of the hill and I'm going to believe that, that you're going to win this battle. And these guys are going to be defeated and we'll continue on in our journey. So in verse 11 there, 1711, it says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So his hands are up, they're winning. If his hands started to get tired, they start to lose. And he did this all day long. So I would just, just as an exercise real quick, you can just lift one hand, just lift it up in the air. Okay, you can hold that pretty good right? Now try two arms. Okay. Okay. Now I'm just going to count to 10, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Put it down. Did you feel anything in your deltoids there? Like reminding you that you haven't worked out this year? I mean, it could get tiring. So Moses has his hands raised and the staff of God, a weight, right? 20 pounder, 30 pounds, whatever it was. He started to get tired. Verse 12, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And then Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. And Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. There was something when he lifted his hands in the physical. There was something that was one in the spiritual. There is a connection to what you do in the physical that we don't fully understand how it works, but it yields fruit in the spiritual. Moses couldn't do it on his own. He needed an Aaron and a Hur. He needed somebody who was going to help hold up his arms. Aaron represented the priests. Moses represented the prophets. Her, through the lineage of her, came King David, the king. See, you had the priest, 
the prophet and the king represented. Are you catching this? You had the priest, the prophet, and the king represented up on a hill, holding up his arms. Let me tell you something. You have a priest and a prophet and a king, and he's holding up your arms. And you might have walked in here today feeling like you're weary in a battle. And any time in your life you go through a battle, I want you to remember this picture. You have a priest, a prophet, and a king. His name is Jesus, and he's sat on high, and he's interceding for you. That's what he's doing at the right hand of the Father. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you may go through this year, you have a priest, prophet, and king in Jesus, and he's praying and interceding on your behalf for breakthrough in that area. And as long as he prays, guess what? That battle is going to be won. You may not see the breakthrough right now, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep pressing. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep declaring the Word of God over that situation, over that loved one, over your finances, over that relationship. You have a priest, a prophet, and a king who's interceding for you right now. Let's stand as we close today. You know, we titled this message, Fasting for Miracles. And we're believing. God God, God is a turnaround God. He can do anything in a moment. There's power in prayer. But you know, the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation. And if you're here today, I want you to hear this, the words from my voice right now. You, Jesus doesn't want you to play church. Like he loves you and he longs to have a real relationship with you. And it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. It doesn't matter. He's saying, I love you enough to take you just as you are. No matter what gunk you have in our, your life. And we've all had our gunk. We still have some gunk, if we're honest. And he's working that out of us. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he loves you, he cares for you, he died for you. On the third day, he rose again. He is Jesus, he is Lord. That he wasn't just some some great prophet of God, some good teacher. No, he's the son of God. And that through Jesus, you have everlasting life. There's no way to go to heaven except through that. You, you, You can't do enough good deeds to get to heaven. You only have your ticket to heaven. You only have that. You only have that security for all of eternity when you place your trust, your faith, your hope in Jesus Christ. It's not by your works. It's not what you've done. It's based on what he's done. And he loves you so much. He'll take you just as you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. He, 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 he wants to come and live with you. And it's not just a prayer you pray. It's actually a life that you now lay down in obedience to him. And if you're here today and you've not put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus, I just want to invite you today is your day, man. Like there is a reason you're sitting in a church on a Sunday on this beautiful, gorgeous day when it's been raining for the last like month. <laughs> and you're here on a Sunday and it's beautiful and gorgeous outside, you're here because Jesus has an encounter with you. Like like the priest, prophet, and king showed up into your heart today. And all you have to do is call on his name. Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, 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 no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But he doesn't just stop there. Acts 22 reminds us, what? If you've been saved, well then, hey, guess what? It's time to get up and be baptized. (laughs) What are you waiting for? Be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. And if you're here today and you've never been water baptized, 
I got good news for you. We filled up the tank earlier today for you and we would be honored to baptize you as your next step of faith. We've done a disservice. We've done a disservice in... I don't know if I need... Okay. We've done a disservice in churches where we've tried to convince people almost like we're selling them into getting into Amway or something. Like if you just, if you just say yes and sign here, like you get to be part of the club. No, that's not, Jesus didn't die for that. Like, like, like you need to go all in. Every single person needs to have that moment where they say, you know, Mutt, I, I don't fully understand it. I don't, I don't understand everything. I'm doing this as an act of faith and I'm going to go all in and be water baptized. And if you've not been water baptized today, I just want to encourage you at the end of the service today, come meet with me up here and we have a t-shirt for you. We have towels for you. We would be honored to see you become water baptized. Let me pray for you and then we're going to close out today. Oh, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive. That your word spoke to us today. That no matter what we've gone through, your word speaks a better word. You speak a truth over those lies, God. You speak a truth in difficult times. You, you speak a word in favor. We thank you, God. God, I pray, Father, that you would speak to us. Show us in our lives if there's anything that's not adding up, any area of our lives where maybe we have a crack in the foundation that you want to relay. Show us, God. God, I pray for those that don't have a relationship with you, that today they are calling on the name of the Lord that today that they're going to be water baptized. God, that today their life is going to be forever changed. So Heavenly Father, we just ask for your forgiveness. How would you forgive us? Forgive us for anything that we've ever done, anything we ever might do. Jesus, we put our faith, our trust, our hope in you. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And how I want to pray for people that are believing God for a breakthrough. If you're here today and you're just saying, God, I need a breakthrough, just raise your hand. I would just want to know who I'm praying for. If you're praying and believing God for a breakthrough, awesome, awesome, awesome. If you see somebody with their hand raised, will you just do me a favor? Just put your hand on them, church. You're part of the, the family of God. You're, you're commissioned ministers. We're all called the minister. Come on. If you need a breakthrough, lift your hand and we're going to come lay hands on the side of you. Somebody right there, just put your hand on their shoulder. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you. God, we pray for a breakthrough in their lives. God, we pray for a move of your Holy Spirit, God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for breaking through. I thank you for making a way, God, where there appeared to be no way. God, I thank you for breaking through in their lives, God, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Father, for setting them free, making them whole, God, that every trap and every snare of the devil in their lives, in their finances, relationship, sins that keep trying to creep up and come up, God, I pray, Father, that they would be supernaturally delivered from the God, cravings go in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for taking away cravings for alcohol and tobacco and different cravings for gossip, cravings for social media, God. Thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for breakthrough. Thank you for financial breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We declare this is a season of breakthrough. God, we thank you, Lord God, that every time we saw the people of God fast and pray and lean into you, there was breakthrough that came. So we touch and agree right now when we believe for breakthrough for our brothers and sisters right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Yeah, give him praise today. Come on. And you continue to pray.
and you continue to quote the Word of God. If you need healing, go get a bunch of scriptures on healing and, and use that exercise that I shared today. You need breakthrough in the areas. You, if you're married and you want to have kids, you begin to quote scriptures like, Lord, I thank you that children are a blessing of you. They're an inheritance from you. You begin to quote the scriptures of God and declare it over your life. If you need breakthrough in healing, you're saying, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes, I was healed. If I was healed, that means I am healed. So I is healed and I declare healing in my life in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Let me pray a final blessing over you. Then we'll dismiss. We're going to have the prayer team come up front today. If you're part of the prayer team, just walk up front. And if you are here and you would like personal prayer for any other things going on in your life, we always hang out after service and we'd be honored to pray with you. If you gave your life to Jesus today and you're ready to be water baptized, come up and see me and I'm going to get you a shirt and then we're going to dunk you, man. And it's going to be a beautiful, holy moment. All right. It's going to be awesome. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gathering of your church, your bride. Thank you for meeting with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. Lord, I pray a blessing over all the people here that we would all be drawn closer to you this week as we push forward and continue in our fast. I pray for supernatural miracles to follow them who believe. Supernatural signs and wonders, supernatural breakthrough. Just stories of testimony after testimony of you showing up and showing off. And I thank you that it's your nature. I pray your blessing over your your people, over Authentic Church. God, as we go forth from this building today, thank you that our steps are ordered by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. Like I said, if you would like to be water baptized, go ahead and come up and meet with me. Uh, if you want those prayer, a prayer card, a copy of the prayer card or the culture card, you can get those at the connect table over by the coffee stand. We have tons of them. Take a few, give them away. Hope that's a resource to you. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you, church. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.